Hello and welcome to the Coach for Tutors podcast where we grow your tutoring business with each episode. My name is Michael Gibbon, the host of the Coach for Tutors podcast and founder of Coach for Tutors. I'm joined today by the wonderful Amon Vanweight, who is going to be helping us with our business finances when you have zero clients and no money. Amon, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. A little bit about Amon. He is a financial security advisor at Canada Life and an investment representative at Quadris Investment Services Limited. He is passionate about helping people create financial success for themselves and their families. His financial planning specialties include small business planning, business insurance, debt solutions, and building investment portfolios. Amon lives in Toronto with his partner, Alan, and their cat, Gus. Thank you again, Amon. If you could tell us a little bit about what brought you to uh, wanting to reach out to small businesses. You know, when you start, there's zero clients, the capital's not coming in just yet. What draws you to wanting to work with these individuals and help them with this conundrum that a lot of business owners find themselves in when they start? Yeah, I really love small business and I've always been passionate about local entrepreneurs and people trying to be their own bosses. I think it's really, really fascinating. Unfortunately, um, one of the you know, major statistics you may read is that many small businesses within the first five years fail. And one of the main reasons they fail is just issues around liquidity. So I'm figuring that using my skills in finance, maybe I can help them mitigate some risks or at least warn them of some potential trouble they may come in, come, come across in starting a business. And if we can get over that hump of the liquidity issue, maybe we can have many more successful businesses. Because I think that's really what drives us as a community. Absolutely. And you brought up a wonderful uh, point as well that I think might help to reduce maybe some of that stress with new entrepreneurs is that it's ideal to have some cash saved up for the first three to six months. Why do you suggest that? Well, I know I'll answer that question with a question. How long do you think it's going to take to get your first client and how much value is, is that client going to provide for you? So, you know, in this setting, we're talking about tutors, people who are going to be teaching young kids or even university students. And you may be seeing them once a week. And it's really, really exciting to, to have your first client, your first student. But, you know, they're not going to pay you $1,000 out the gate, right? So having some kind of a little bit of a cushion for the first few months when you're building your clientele is really, really crucial. And it takes the stress away from, can I afford groceries and can I pay my rent? And you can take all that stress you're putting in that area and take it and channel that energy into, I'm going to grow my business. Because the worst thing you can ever be is like starting a new business, being totally broke and not knowing if you can even, you know, buy groceries next week. And then, oh, by the way, I need to land like 47 clients. So it's just very, very overwhelming. So if you start with, you know, a three to six months approximately of money and you have to decide what works for you, like what makes you feel secure as a person, that gives you a little bit of a foundation so that you can at least say, if I don't get a single paycheck for six months, my rent is paid, my groceries are paid, my savings are saved, I'm still contributing to my retirement accounts, everything is good. And that would give me a sense of security and I hope it gives other folks as well. For sure, that's a very valid point. And um, I, I know when I started my own tutoring company 11 years ago, there was this bit of romanticization of, oh, well, I can quit my job that I was working at and I can start going into the independent world. And I found myself in that, oh no, what am I gonna do <laughs> after a couple months? So what do you suggest for entrepreneurs that, you know, they're eager to just jump out there, both feet. Do you suggest that they go for that approach or should they maybe consider that a more gradual progression into a full-time entrepreneur or entrepreneur? What do you think? 
Yeah, I, I think Eat, Pray, Love is for the movie. It's not necessarily <laughs> for life. So, you know, watching the movie and then it was Julia Roberts, if I remember correctly. And, you know, she does this yes. whole working in corporate, hates her life, goes off to India, like does all that romantic things. And then that worked out for her because she ended up becoming a very successful person down the road. But again, it really, you know, on balance, that is, she is the exception and she's not the rule. The rule of, you know, 98% of people who take this plunge is that they, they grow their business kind of slowly and carefully over time. So although you may be making the decision that I want to be a tutor, I want to help kids and I want to grow a successful business doing this with what I love, that's great and you should do it, but you need to do it in a way that keeps you safe. So what could that look like? For a lot of people, it's kind of a gradual, it's more of a slowdown of work. If you have a full-time job, you may not necessarily be able to quit cold turkey or even reduce your hours because depending on what you're doing you may not be able to reduce but maybe it's uh you know what i'm going to take the next six to nine months to really really grow this business so i'm going to leave my full-time job i'm going to pick up something part-time just so i can have some kind of you know cash flow coming into me so i can put gas in my car and again buy groceries and then you still have a little bit of stability as your business grows. And then eventually the great thing is because you're affording yourself that little bit of space, when the time comes where your income is at a level that you can say, you know what, I can actually stop doing this part-time gig and actually go full-time tutor and be really okay financially speaking, you're, it's much, much better, right? It's, Rome was not built in a day. So stop trying to build Rome in a day. <laughs> Yeah, you hit a really good point. You know, there, there is this impulsivity sometimes where it's like, okay, oh, I got to hurry and I got to build this business and get things going and get the ball rolling because if I don't, I'm going to miss that chance. Um, so are you suggest so I guess you're saying, you know, just take it one day at a time, slowly but surely, you know, take, take the tortoise approach, not the hares. Absolutely, yeah. Go slowly because at the end of the day, regardless of what you do, you need to keep yourself safe and secure because without you, there is no tutoring business. So you need to make sure, again, to reiterate, you're paying rent, you're eating groceries, you're not, you know, in, a, in that sort of state where you can't do just the basic necessities of taking care of yourself. So first you take care of yourself. And then from that foundation, you can move forward into growing a business and thinking about, you know, there's this kind of like old idea that success, it's not just like jumping up 20 feet and reaching that high level. It's baby steps every single day. It's one step up the stair. But eventually after you take 25 baby steps, you're already on the third floor. But you can't jump from the main floor to the third floor. Like there's even an Olympic jumper cannot do that. So no. <laughs> just baby, baby steps and take it carefully and slowly and give yourself the time and the space to learn and grow because you're going to make mistakes and you want to be able to make those mistakes and not be devastated by them, if that makes sense. That does make sense. Yeah. So you're, so you're saying, Amon, that it's, it's, yeah, have that financial cushion so that, like you said, if mistakes do come up, because we all make them in our, you know, in our in our entrepreneurial journeys, if there's going to be a mistake, we can say, okay, well, we have some backup. You know, that this is not a disaster. We're not in, you know, a large amount of debt. We can we can navigate absolutely, and pivot. Yeah, yeah. Taking so, care of yourself first. Yeah, absolutely. And paying yourself first, as you've said. And paying yourself well. first. That's I should tattoo that on my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess the, the, another thing that kind of, it goes part and parcel with starting a new business is how to put yourself out there. And especially when you have zero clients and you, you, you know, and you don't really have 
a lot of capital you know stored away for your business and you're, you're really investing to you know to put in to gain what do you suggest to people who are facing that quandary about how do i put myself out there and really make my business known to people so i can really pursue this dream full-time yeah um you know social media is big right and there's a couple of ways you can go around this you can do free social media i.e you just develop great content and you connect with people using that as a platform and then there's also paid ads social media which is a whole other conversation and then there's also just doing the old-fashioned grassroots meeting people in real life attending networking events and i know michael you can speak to this because you've been quite successful in that sphere just meeting people in real life and connecting with them mm -hmm. i think you know could, could i go on a rant about anti paying for ads or one way or the other sure I think the end of the day, the idea is that if you're going to invest any kind of real money into some kind of marketing tactic, you need to uh, you need to essentially create a plan that I, you know, if I'm going to pay a thousand, I want my return to be this. So for me, I typically say five X, so five times. So if I'm going to pay a one thousand dollar Facebook ad, I need to generate five thousand dollars in revenue from this ad. Now, knowing myself, I could never guarantee that because, first of all, I'm terrible with technology and I will not know how to create an effective Facebook ad campaign. And there's also just you have there's kind of this thing that you have to accept as true that Facebook, Instagram, Google, these large companies are not looking to help small business owners. They're looking to sign Microsoft and Tesla and Apple who have $100,000 a day budgets for a single product. So put yourself in their shoes or think of yourself even if you're hiring a new or, or taking on a new client. You have one client who's paying $10 an hour and you have another client that's paying $10,000 an hour. Who are you going to give more attention to? Right. So we have to be aware of that as a small business owner that, yes, although you can create a paid campaign, it doesn't mean that you should because you're going up against people that will just run you over like a bulldozer in terms of their budget. And um, I mean, I'm not going to get too much into it, but if you can go on YouTube and figure out how this algorithm works and it is mind boggling. One of the things that I learned recently was that the algorithm not only shows your content or your ad to more people but it depending on how much you put in it will show it to people who are likely to purchase but they only show it to those people based on how much money you put into the ad so that's kind of my spiel it's that fine if you want to do paid ads that's fine but you have to say i want to have this much of a result from this ad and if it doesn't happen we need to step back and think okay just because I throw more money at this doesn't mean it's going to work just because I'm burning more money doing this thing. Absolutely. You brought up a perfect point that spending tons of money on your business does not necessarily mean you're going to be successful at it. And would you agree with as well the fact that if you want to do social media marketing campaign in the free free groups or if you want to go and, and, and share this among, you know, on your LinkedIn or in your or in the Facebook uh, parent groups or guardian groups or, or business commerce groups like that might that's fine because you're putting really time and building relationships versus these cold ads that yeah they're targeting a certain group but that's not going to get a response because hey I know company A I've been I've seen company A around for you know decades they're a multi-million dollar uh, tutoring industry and you're brand new and who are you 
So do you think familiarity plays into the ability to have a successful social media campaign? Yeah, if you're doing social media in the freeway, like you mentioned, joining the groups, participating mm -hmm. in conversations, just putting up your own content for your own purposes, that's fantastic. Like that's a way to reach, you know, just people you know, but also new people as well. But I think the idea here is that you know, and I'm similar in what I do as well as a financial advisor. We are both in the business of people. We are in the business of getting people to believe us and trust us and say, yes, Michael can help me and my child reach our education goals because I trust Michael and I believe in Michael. It's not about, I saw a really funky ad that Michael put out on Facebook, right? So same thing with me. I get I get much, much further down the road and have much better relationships with my clients with people that I met in real life or at least started digitally and then shifted towards real life because we get to know each other. And beyond the fact of that this is a business relationship, it just becomes mutually beneficial and you end up becoming friends with your clients. And that's the business we're really in. We are in the business of people. So you have to think about ways to get yourself to meet new people and for that relationship to grow in an organic and authentic way. Now, doing a paid ad, you're probably not going to be able to have an, a genuine and honest conversation with somebody via the comment section on your ad. But if you, you know, somebody messages you directly on LinkedIn saying, hey, I love your posts about the tutoring world, and then you respond back saying, oh my gosh, why don't we grab a coffee? I'd love to learn more about what you do. That's how relationships are built. And that's where you will get not only new business, but referrals as well. Absolutely. And like you said, especially when you're starting out and your income is zero or very close to that, you know, going out there, making those connections, you get this golden opportunity for people to see who you are and your authentic self. And if people see the authenticity, they're going to be more inclined to give you as a smaller business a chance. And then you get the ball rolling and you can get word of mouth going like you had said and get referrals and continue to build those relationships and see your business go from three figures a month to four figures a month to five figures a month right. and really see that momentum take place because you're giving somebody an authentic experience rather than a flashy ad that you're just one among the crowd yeah and i think even for for myself working with new clients as I take people on, I am interviewing my client just as much as they are interviewing me. Because when I talk to them and I say, you know what, I, I, I work in finance, but the information that I have, it is readily available to most people. If they want to sit down and read thousands of pages of textbooks, you can readily go to the library and learn what I do. Most people don't do that because they've got other things going on in their life that, and they don't really care to pick investment funds. They just know that they have a goal that they want to reach. But in that conversation, I start to figure out the commitment level of this client because I do ask a lot of commitment from my clients. But in return, I say to them, I'm making a commitment to you for 40 years. 40 years. I'm going to be there when you get married, when you have a kid, when you buy a home, when you buy a car, when somebody passes away, when you get an inheritance. So this is a huge commitment of time on my part for the rest of your life. And I'm really, really excited and, you know, honored and grateful that you would be willing to even entertain this idea with me. So I go, I really, really make that clear to my clients as well, that this isn't just a business relationship. Like we need to be friends, at least to some extent. 
And similarly, in the tutoring world, right, you're making a commitment to a child saying, hey, I believe I can really, really help your son or daughter get better performance in areas that they're weak in. And I'm going to commit this amount of time. And I believe that in six months, we can see really, really great progress. So you know, that kind of genuine relationship and, and speaking and honesty and authentic self, you can't get that from an ad. That is a human to human connection. Definitely. It's a heart centered industry. And you hit also brought up a great point, Amon, that we are interviewing our clients just as much as they are interviewing us. And there's a temptation there as an entrepreneur, when you're brand new, um, to just to settle for the first person that wants to take you take you on as even though you feel in your gut and in your heart and in your mind, this might not be the right fit for you and your vision and your company. So what do you think about that? What would you say to, to entrepreneurs who are like, Oh, I'll take that client just because I really need that first client versus, Oh, my gut's telling me something otherwise. Your health and your mental health is worth way more than one client, way more. So if you are in, you know, conversation or you're in the kind of stage where we might sign up this client and you feel inside of yourself that this, you and this person are just not vibing, the energy's not there. And it, you know what, it doesn't even mean that they're a bad person. Sometimes it just means that, you know, how many times have you met somebody at a party and you just like couldn't really have a conversation with them? Like it wasn't, there's nothing wrong with them, right? You just don't vibe. And I think it's really, really important that the people especially in the beginning, like your core first 10 or 20 clients will build the foundation for the rest of your career. So you want to make sure that those 10 to 20 first clients are quality and they believe in you because you are going to need them to refer you to their friends and family members as well. So just have, you know, enough security in yourself to say, I am a professional. I have these designations for reasons. I am qualified to teach children and to help them uplift themselves. So therefore, I am also qualified to not take a client on and to be comfortable in that decision that my goals and my vision for myself and my business is way more important than being hyper stressed or being in a relationship with a client that's not mutually beneficial at all. Right. But you, you are right when you said it's hard in the beginning when you have nothing and you have one person that wants to come up to you and say, can you tutor my child? But you know that this person might be trouble and you're like, oh, I really, really need this sale. So you kind of just do it anyways. And then six months later, you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait for this contract to end. <laughs> it happens to all of us. It really does. And the general theme that has been wonderful you presenting this last half hour is really valuing yourself and making sure that you're ready to make that move and do it in a very careful and logical manner. I think as tutors is definitely, it's a very giving industry and you need to give to yourself. And if you give to yourself, then you can give back your best to others. Oh, absolutely. You need to be your own best tutor. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with me. I need to be my own best financial advisor in order for me to give other people great financial advice. So, you know, take care of yourself. And the, if you keep that as your core, that you take care of yourself first, and then my cup runneth over, right? You can't help people if your pitcher is empty. You can't pour somebody a glass of water when your pitcher of water is empty. So first fill yourself, make sure you are really great and in a great place and have the security and the confidence to make these decisions. And things will happen. You got to trust the process, trust who you are. And that is an excellent note. Just trust who you are, 
be authentic and um, yeah, just take your time with it. Well, Amon, I want to thank you so very much for joining us today on the Coach for Tutors podcast. Is there a way that our listeners can reach out to you? Yes. If you're interested in financial planning, my email is amandeep.banweight at canadalife.com. You can check it out in the description. You can just send me an email. We can find a a time to meet. I'd love to hear your story as well. Perfect. Thank you so much, Amon. We'll definitely put that in the uh, description as well. And I want to thank you so much for taking time today. And uh, thank you to our listeners for listening to today's podcast. As always, make it a great day. Bye for now.